Hey guys, Derek coming at you again for uh, more episodes, installments of the Dose of Hope that's airing every week up here across Alaska that Freedom House is putting on. Uh, Our whole team of staff there interviewing different people throughout the community related to recovery. And so we're going to be airing more of those episodes. And so we have another one for you right now. So enjoy. This is a Dose of Hope, a radio program brought to you by Freedom House. Freedom House is a faith-based level two long-term recovery residence located in Soldotna, Alaska. For more information about Freedom House and their many ministries, you can go online to freedomhouse907.com. That's freedomhouse907.com. Now, here's today's host. Good afternoon. This is Gail Kennedy from Freedom House giving you another dose of hope. Today I have a friend with me, her name is Donna, and we're going to be talking about difficult topics. We're going to be talking about addiction, mental health, the victory in Jesus, and she's going to share her story with us today. And I've met Donna probably 10 years ago in church, and she's just this beautiful woman, this beautiful daughter of the King. And I just want to give her an opportunity to share. I thank you that you're joining me today. This is so cool. I know your life is busy, and I we don't take it lightly that you're taking time apart just to hang out with me and, and just to reach out to our community. So I'm going to turn it over to Donna just to share her testimony. Hi, my name is Donna. Um, I am just so grateful that I'm, I've been given the opportunity to share my testimony here with everybody listening today. So for a majority of my life, I struggled with addiction combined with mental health issues. And it took me a while um, into my recovery. I was probably about a year into my recovery before I actually realized that they correlated together. Yes. That I was using all the substances and drugs that I was using at the time to just kind of numb myself and, you know, act like, reality wasn't actually really even happening so um it was actually the ladies from um freedom house and um the people that went to the pretrial that actually helped get get me sober and get me into recovery so i was just going to start out with um how i believe my story um started so before i was in recovery i found myself going in and out of jail i spent a week in an API, and um, during one of my incarcerations, I ended up getting sent to the mental health unit up mm-hmm. there in Highland because I was up front. I didn't know what was actually going on. I was talking to things that weren't there. I was hearing voices. The scaredest that I've ever felt in my entire life. Like, I truly felt alone, you know, and... um so what what had happened, I was having a um, drug-induced psychosis. Wow. And it took me about a week up front for them to actually send me up there. And some of the guards later on told me that they didn't think that I was going to actually fully come back because my mind, they thought my mind was gone, that um, I wasn't going to be able to be, you know, become the person that I am today. Oh, and thank you, Jesus. it really just hits hard, like, um, when I see people like that, that see me, you know, at my lowest point in life. And 
So yeah, basically, um, I couldn't decipher what was going on, and um, luckily I snapped out of it. I ended up serving the rest of my sentence, and um, so the reason that I ended up getting incarcerated is I was outside of the hospital because they discharged me. I was asking for help. I couldn't go to sleep, and they had... You know, they didn't have, like, a miracle drug to give me, right. so they discharged me. And um, the security was, like, following me around outside, and um, they called a police officer whom I ended up assaulting, and that resulted in me, you know, being up front. And um, then later on going to the mental health unit. So um, I was asking for help, you know, but I wasn't asking for help the right to the right person and so that's when my relationship with God started. Do so, you feel like you would have even known who to ask in that state? I mean, who do you ask ask for help when you're not even sure what's going on? Exactly. So, um I would go to the doctors and um they would try to give me something like a mental health medication or something. But in my mind and in their eyes, it was too dangerous for me to take unless the stuff had fully been out of my system for so long. Right. So that was the only place that I could really think of getting help. But I was getting help for things like like before I would get help for anxiety or depression, you know, by the forms of a counselor. I never really got on medication for anything like that. And then um, this was just completely different, like, I have an uncle that had schizophrenia and I started thinking like and asking myself like am I schizophrenic like you know but the entire time like I felt like and my daughter and I we talk about it to this day and um she told me that I was at my most vulnerable state and that's when like demons and things try to take over you and yes. and that's what was going on and it was weird because I felt like I was fighting the battle, but I feel like God was, like, inside of me, you know? Like, his spirit was inside of me, and he was, like, telling me, like, I'm here. I'll do the fighting. So I felt like, you know, like, I was, I was like, confused because so at a that young so age, I, um, I lost my brother um, to a trailer fire when I was six years old, and mm. I actually witnessed it happening. And so from such a young age, um, my parents, they became alcoholics and I almost kind of like blamed and like resented God. So it wasn't that I never believed in him. It was that like, you know, it, it's just like things happen, life happens and there's no one to blame. Everything happens exactly for a reason. And if I didn't go through where or what I went like in the exact order that I went through it, I don't feel like I would be here today, right. you know? And I, even that topic that you just said, being angry with God, sometimes people think that is such a, um, just like, you just can't be mad at God. And I remember even when I had lost my son, there was a season I knew God was real. I loved God, but I was pretty angry because I didn't understand, you know, why. And I remember even saying, you know, why me? And I kind of felt in my spirit, like, why not you? Like, we, none of us are exempt from trauma, from trials. Mm -hmm. And when we choose to lean on God, he makes something, he makes something so powerful out of something that is just so horrific. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I do yeah. agree. 
So it was like a, con- a really confusing time for me. And sometimes, honestly, I still struggle with it to this day because I feel shameful that I was mad at him, you know, and I spent majority of my time just like, not like, I wouldn't say like that he, that I didn't, because I never believed that he didn't exist. Like I knew that he exists, but it was like to actually believe in him and for what he gave up for us and, you know, and how much he loves and cares for us and everything. And so, um, that's where we kind of get into the next part of my story is, so I was in jail and um I was a hundred pounds. I had pick marks all over my body. I still have scars that reminded me of them to this day, you know. Um my daughter actually helped me shave my head because I was pulling sections of my hair out and that was one of the hardest things that I couldn't imagine, you know, me right. being in recovery now and her helping me with it. And um so during that incarceration, um I decided to make a decision what was best for my daughter, and I decided to sign guardianship over to my mom. And when I did that, like, I didn't feel like I was going to be able to live through that because, like, she was my life, my purpose. I always felt like if I was going to get sober, it would be for her. And that was when I actually realized it had to be for me. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because I was like... Finally, believing, I believed in God, and I was like, you know, um, if you, I was like, if I really looked at the picture, I have to start taking accountability for my actions, Yeah, you know, and I was like, God didn't lead me to this, like, the drugs, the people I was around, the places I was going, you know, like, I chose to leave my daughter, I chose to do all these things, and this is just a result of all of the choices and and this is what it led me to you know and so I had done multiple incarcerations in jail and I was like you know what I'm gonna start going to church I went to church as silly as I thought it was like I was like I'm not before I tried and I was like I'm not gonna sing you know I'm not gonna sing those silly songs (laughs) and I was like I'm singing so I started singing and I started just feeling this joy in me and then when people like looked looked at or made fun of me for going to church or something looked at me different I was like wow like it was kind of a reflection of who I felt like I used to be and I was like I'm proud like I love God God loves me God saved me and I started going to parenting classes and I started um gathering like books like daily devotionals AA books NA books and I started doing little prayer groups and Bible studies and holding meetings in there. And it was just like probably about five or six of us. We'd all have a book that we'd take turns reading on daily. You know, we did it. And then the group just started getting bigger. And I like I started feeling hope again. Like so beautiful because I was like, you know, that's the hard thing about getting sober, too, is that knowing that you're going to leave all those people behind because, you know, that's what's best for you. And so during that time when I was in jail and we were holding those meetings, I didn't feel like I was leaving anyone behind because I felt like they were all choosing to walk with me and walk with God, you know. And It's amazing how that decision, it took some bad decisions to get you to where you were going. And then it took a series of that one good decision 
to bring Lord, the Lord into it, to start making a series of good decisions that <laughs> breathe life. That is so beautiful. I'm so proud of you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. It was a lot of work. Um, <clears throat> it was just kind of coming to terms with who I used to be and who I wanted to be. So um, a couple of the ladies there that go to um, the jail and, you know, serve for God yes. and stuff there. Like I, I had Bibles, you know, coloring pages, everything. And like I was happy and I was proud and I was like, you know what, like. I'm going to start asking them what church they go to. And so I started speaking to them when the church was over or when they would come into the dorms and would be coloring. And I was like, I don't want to ask my parents to get me a winter jacket or like toiletries, but I'm going to be getting out soon. And as soon as I got out, they picked me up. They took me to church. They had a jacket, a bag of clothes, toiletries, like everything I needed, you oh, know. I and it. I was like... I just felt like God was providing what I needed through them, you know, and it was just so encouraging. And I was like, this is what, like, this is what I want my life to be, you know? Yes. He cares about every detail, every detail, toiletries, you <laughs> yeah, know? Exactly. Yes. Clean socks, you yes, know? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That is so awesome. Again, I just want to say that this is Gail and Donna. Um, I work at Freedom House. The number is 907-260-3733. And our phones are open Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 3 p.m. And we just really encourage to call, ask for prayer. If you have a story that you can relate to like Donna's and or you just are at that place where you want to make that decision, that right decision to start walking to the Lord, we want to help facilitate that. We want to help lead you to the Lord. We want to give you resources for your sobriety. We want to come alongside of you, just like people came alongside of Donna. God is not uh, held back by walls. If you're incarcerated, you can meet Jesus there. If you're in a recovery house, you can meet Jesus there. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're at that place where you're sick and tired, being sick and tired, and you just call on his name, he will be there to help you. And so, Donna, what else is going on in your life, in your story? So, I was just going to say, so, through the grace of God, like, I am where I am today, and I'm actually started on that journey. Um, I'm almost certified in peer support, so, so I'll be awesome. able to do that. Um I'm contemplating getting a job. I know some people over there at the Women's Resource Center. I think that'd be a good, like, mark for me to start there. Um, I just do everything different now. You yes. know what I mean? Like, like, my favorite saying is do the next thing right, and that's all you can do. So um, shortly, like, I think it was about a year after... I, um, so when I was in jail, I started a relationship with someone and I wanted it to, you know, continue on out. Well, I ended up getting released first. And, um, once he was released, we ended up breaking up and it broke me. Mm -hmm. And now I could see it as God was like, you need to be single. Like, this is your journey. You need to do it. I'll be by your side your family, you have the woman at, you know, church, you have everybody to support you, but, like, and, 
and it's changed my entire life. So that's one thing that I feel is really important is that I truly believe that if you're not already in a relationship and they're not committed to, you know, going through the same journey with you, then to just be single, to learn how to become independent, you know. Um, In Isaiah 54, it says, the Lord is my husband. And I love that. I've hung on to that scripture for years. And it's true because the one thing out of addiction, like we can get out of addiction, but then if we hook ourselves up into a relationship, it has that same ability to make us feel good without walking through what we need to walk through. Yeah. And then we put our joy in this person's hands who probably isn't even liking themselves at the time. And then uh, it's just another area where we can falter. You know, God has beautiful relationships in store for people, I have no doubt. But until we're healed and whole and we love ourselves and that we have something to offer, it's really a good time. You know, we ask here at Freedom House even just to, not even for six months, just heal. Take six months and heal and get to know yourself. And I want to take tell you guys that this woman that has shaved her head and said that was picking her face, I'm looking at this beautiful <laughs> woman Beautiful complexion, beautiful long hair, and uh, just a remarkable um, change that God has done in you and through you. And I'm just really proud of you again. I'm going to tell you that. It's so awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. So, yeah, it was just, like, it was just crazy. So once I, like, I was like, okay, I'll try it. You know, like, because that's all you could do is just give it a try. You know? Right. So I was like, I'm just going to focus on myself. And the thing is, is God gives you, you know, that intuition. And so it's like even like a child, they almost always know if before they're going to do something wrong that it's bad, you know. And you, you can love someone and um, if they don't love themselves and they, and they don't have the confidence and the respect to call you out on you know your actions if you tell a small fib or something right like I I'm able to do that now for people because I'm able to do it to myself you know so during my addiction and my mental health struggles and everything I started becoming complete opposite of who I am today like I lied I stole I cheat you know I did all that stuff and in that time that I was able to be single like I call myself out now too, you know, like if I'm in an awkward situation and I I know I shouldn't like fib to my dad or something, you know, but like sometimes my dad will ask me a difficult question and I feel like it's my job to, you know, um, keep him from getting mad or something. And then I'm like, no, the the right thing is to be honest. So I'll be honest. And our relationship, the relationship that I have with my parents now has grown I'm actually helping care for my father now, you know, and it's, it's just beautiful because if it wasn't for my, my parents stepping up, like I probably wouldn't have my kid today, you know, Yes. and she's going to be 18 and she's just so proud of the mom that I am today. And Mm. it's just like, sometimes it's like, I have to like pinch myself and I'm like, this is real life, you know? Yes. Like I make my own money. Like I can take her to go think, go and do things now. And it's, it's not like, um, pride. It's like hope, you know, like, it's like, I hope that I can just keep continuing to do this. You know what I mean? And I, and I know like, 
because of my faith and the relationship that I have with, you know, our Lord and Savior, like, that it's possible. And I never did see myself having, you know, much of a future. I've seen people that have taken their lives that I was very close to. I've seen people, cousins of mine, one that just recently overdosed and it's just so sad and mm. and like we try so hard as just people you know because whether whether when you get sober or not like you you do have relationships with people and you do care about people you know whether you guys are using or not but you can't care about someone more than you care about yourself exactly. and and i realize now that that's what i was doing i was caring about them more than myself and they were caring about me more than my or more than themselves and it was it was just friendships that you know were never going to have a happy ending you know yes. and and now now that i'm able to actually care about myself and i actually love myself i mean i don't see myself getting in a relationship anytime soon i'm i'm just taking small steps and Well, God's just restoring so much. I love, I love seeing, and we see this so much at Freedom House, how God restores the parents to their children. How God, there was probably a time where you couldn't even go to your parents' house, huh? Yes, exactly. And so now you're actually there caring for your father. Yes. And you're a part of your daughter's life. And your mom probably leans on you more than she's ever been able to before. And that is just so, God has so restored so much to you. And your dad, I think you said that you were caring for your dad. What What's going on that you're caring for your dad? So my dad has COPD. He started smoking cigarettes at like seven wow. or something. And he's like 70 something now. So he's not currently smoking, but um, I don't, I no longer blame myself for it. But when he would be not smoking and I was going through my addiction, he would find himself smoking again. And I started, you know, blaming myself, of course. And um, that that was really difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's struggling with heart failure now because his lungs are having a hard time. So it's making his heart work over, over time. And it's, it's yeah. really difficult. But in a way, it's almost beautiful. And I, I've noticed that... Um, I've noticed changes not only in myself, but in my daughter as well. Like, we're breaking generational curses, yes. you know? And I no longer blame my parents or God or anyone for anything that I've went through because I see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture was for my daughter to make decisions opposite of what I made, you know? Yes. And she's, like, she's doing really good mental health-wise, behavior health-wise, like... She's really independent, like, the choices that she makes just kind of makes me, like, almost envy her a little bit, you know, because I'm like, wow, like, you're not even 18 now, and, like, I'm just blown away, and and she tells me things, like, financial decisions that she makes versus some of her friends and stuff, you know, and she's like, you taught me this, mom, like, you taught me how to spend my money responsibly, and she just, she always... She kind of makes a habit of telling me, like, what I taught her. And Aww. it's just, like, wow. Like, just from me, like, just, you know, like I said, doing the next thing right, like, it's really paid off. And it's yes. it's working through her. And she she was struggling with anxiety. And 
she just, she said she felt like this light, like in her closet. She felt like something was dark in her closet. And she, and then she said she's seen this light and then she felt this thing wash over her. Wow. So she was like, if I had any doubts before, like, I don't now. She was like, I, 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 I always believed the miracle because she was able to witness what God had done for me. Yes. But she's not struggling with anxiety anymore. And it's, it's just amazing, like, what just believing. And so it was like, it took me believing. It took me getting single. It took me forgiving myself. And yes, God helped me one. let go of everything of who I thought I was, you know, because you you could think whatever you want about yourself, but it doesn't mean you can't change it, you know. Right. And once you start changing it, that doesn't like a word doesn't define who you were, isn't like in the present anymore, you know. Yes. <laughs> like it's like, yeah, I might have considered myself a thief back then, but like I don't now. Like, You're redeemed now. Yeah, I'm not only am I redeemed, like me and my daughter, we buy things at the angel tree we go to um walgreens and we coupon and we donate we've donated hygiene bags here and the woman's resource center with bibles and journals and you know because i'm like if they don't find god now they can at least journal to themselves and they'll have something to look back and reflect on when they do you know because like i remember how it felt to be alone you know And I remember how it felt to not want to be released from jail and not have my own hygiene things. So it's like I'm like serving him now. You know, I just feel I feel his spirit living in me. I've helped people get into recovery places like a lot of people, if they're currently using, they know that they can't contact me pretty much, you know, to an extent if they don't want to change. And so they don't. But when they need help, like, you know, I'm there. Like, I'm I'm there. I'll take them to go get a food stamp, stamp application. You know, I'll do whatever I have to do to get them to where I am today. You know, that as long so as it beautiful. doesn't endanger me or, yes. you know, my family, my recovery, and what I've worked so hard for. But yes. Well, Donna, I want to thank you so much for coming in today. I feel like we could talk for <laughs> yeah. five shows. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, maybe we will get back together. But I just want to thank everybody that's listening today. Again, this is Gail Kennedy from Freedom House. I am the women's house manager. You can reach us at 907-260-3733. We would love to pray with you, for you, get you hooked up with some resources. If any of this has touched you today, just to know that mental health is a, is a real issue. It is nothing to be ashamed of, and there is help out there. Addiction's a real issue, nothing to be ashamed of, and there is recovery in it. And just like Donna said, The thing to do is the next right step. So we just bless you guys today and talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Gail. And thanks, Donna, for sharing your story today. You know, as you've been listening today, maybe you're in the situation where you're dealing with some addiction issues, or maybe you have a family member who is, or maybe it's a friend. Well, get some help today. You can call Freedom House at 907-260-3733. 907-260-3733. If you happen to roll into a voicemail box, somebody from Freedom House will return your call as soon as they possibly 
possibly can. You can also find more information about Freedom House and make a donation by going to freedomhouse907.com. That's freedomhouse907.com. Well, again, we want to thank you for listening to today's program right here on this radio station. And if you would like to see this program continue, please consider making a donation when you go to freedomhouse907.com. Click on the donate button, and then when you have the opportunity to write the comments, let us know what radio station you're listening to. Well, for Gail and Donna, I'm Tom Steigelman, and we hope that you'll tune in next week at this same time on this same radio station for A Dose of Hope.